This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 263. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman. Uh, this evening, I am flying solo. And uh, this is going to be a different episode than as usual. Normally on, uh, well, the odd number of episodes, much of the time are a news-focused, a news story episode, right? And uh, this week, we are actually filming a new training, uh, a video course. And uh, we just got done with day two of filming. Uh, Today was a long day. I've been up since 5.30. It is now... 1.35 1.35 in the morning the next day. Uh, been basically filming all day. We, we wrapped up about 12.30 with the last of our uh, filming. And I realized uh, we got we still got to get a podcast out. Uh, we actually will still need to get another one out towards the end of this week. I do think we'll be able to get our usual episode recorded on Friday of this week as far as the second half of the week episode. So, uh, basically, uh, we're, we're, it's funny, I'm in a, a unique place, a unique location. We were renting a, basically a cabin up in the mountains in a secluded location where we knew we would have some privacy to do some of the things we wanted to do with this new video training course. And it has to do with home defense. And so we've been spending the, the days uh, doing all kinds of uh, really cool things with this video course around this property. Uh, Tomorrow will be day three, and uh, if everything goes well, that will wrap up our filming for this particular uh, session, so, or for this event or project. So, bear with me this evening. I am extremely tired, I'm exhausted. Uh, And of course, we remain committed to get the podcast published twice per week, and uh, so here I am, we're doing it. Today's episode is brought to you by the new Speak Softly and Carry a Big Stick t-shirt available on our website. We just launched this a week or two ago, and these are really, really cool t-shirts. Uh, I really hope that each of you will, will check them out and consider buying one. Uh, this is a great statement to make as a responsible gun owner uh, and concealed carrier. Yes, I know the shirts might not necessarily be uh, concealed carry friendly as far as uh, it may, you know, uh, provide a tell <laughs> as to who you are and maybe even what you're doing, but certainly something can be worn around home, worn to uh, various functions where you know you'll be associating with others of like mind, uh, or going to the range with. It's great. It'll make a great range shirt. Or you might just want to, you know, kind of piss off some of the <laughs> some of the less friendly, less gun friendly folks around you, and this would be a great shirt to do that. It's got an American flag in the background with an AR-15 kind of across the lower uh, third of that flag. And then there's the words, speak softly and carry a big stick. A quote from President Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, It's kind of his reference to his philosophy or take on foreign policy. And we just felt like that identifies very well with our mission as concealed carriers. That uh, the responsible piece is that we should speak softly, that we should be humble, that we should try to de-escalate every situation possible. But in the event that diplomatic means don't work out, then, well, you have a big stick, i.e. the gun, to, uh, if necessary, solve the problem when things get out of hand and and very violent. So, really cool shirts. I know you're going to love them. Go to concealedcarry.com forward slash big stick concealedcarry.com forward slash big stick available in sizes from small to 
2 or 3x, I believe. Uh, so hopefully that fits most of you out there. Reasonably priced. Anything over an extra large does come with a little bit extra price to it, like a dollar more or whatever. So not a big deal. You're going to love these shirts. Check them out. Once again, concealedcarry.com forward slash big stick. Now, let me introduce to you this evening's episode. Uh, this is not a news story episode. In fact, this is going to be a replay of an interview we did together with Michael Martin and Tim Schmidt from the United States Concealed Carry Association. This is an interview I had the pleasure to do together with them at the Concealed Carry Expo earlier this year in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, Michael Martin is the uh, author of several books. Uh, and particularly in this interview, we talk with him about his book about countering the mass shooter threat. Really, really good book. Well done. Comes back. It comes with uh, a lot of facts to back up uh, his points that he makes in that book. I think he takes a pretty level-headed approach. Definitely, he's a pro-gun guy, pro-self-defense guy. Uh, that comes through in the book. But he's got a lot of great things to say in the book in a, I think, a very reasonably sounding manner. Uh, Michael Martin is also well known as being kind of the guy behind a lot of the concealed carry uh, content, training, and courses that the USCCA puts on. And of course, Tim Schmidt is the president and founder of uh, the United States Concealed Carry Association. Um, so I might also mention, maybe I should have made this an episode sponsor, it would make sense, that the United States Concealed Carry Association, the insurance program they have is, is one of the best. There's a couple other competitors out there that are also very good. Uh, if you're going to look at them, you definitely got to make sure that USCCA is a consideration. Uh, the one thing that I might mention is that for Guardian Nation members, which is our special membership program available uh, to you, if you know if you'd like to take advantage of it, I would encourage you to look at that by going to guardiannation.com. And one of the big benefits, just recently announced a couple months ago, is that Guardian Nation members get 15% off of a USCCA membership. That's any level of membership with the USCCA. That's huge because I'll tell you, there is no other organization, no other opportunity, no coupon, no dis discount code anywhere where you can get any sort of discount, not even 5% off, only through Guardian Nation here. It's our special membership program here at concealedcarry.com. That's the way to get that 15% discount. And it's pretty huge. Uh, that'll cover at least about two months worth of your uh, membership dues as a Guardian Nation member uh, if you are paying for the highest tier uh, USCCA membership. That's worth a lot. On top of all the other great benefits that we offer, uh, the quarterly boxes we ship out, the training videos, special members area, uh, Facebook group, all that stuff. It's all really, 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 uh, it's, it makes Guardian Nation, I think a no brainer and you got to look at it. You got to look into it. Once again, sorry, late night, having a little bit difficulty talking. GuardianNation.com to learn more about becoming a member today. I would encourage you to do that. And while you're at it, pick up a carry or speak softly and carry a big stick t-shirt. And you can save 10% off that once you are a member of Guardian Nation as well, because you'll save 10% off anything in our store. There you go. Sorry, another pitch, but I think it's worthwhile and worth mentioning. Back to this interview that I had the pleasure of doing with Michael Martin and Tim Schmidt. Uh, it's just a really, I think, fascinating interview getting into the mind of Michael Martin and talking with him about the research that he did and what went into producing this book and what it means to the USCCA, to Tim Schmidt. He's obviously going to touch on that as well. Uh, obviously, the USCCA is very passionate about preparing uh, armed 
and responsible Americans to be able to defend themselves in all kinds of contexts. And this book, Countering the Mass Shooter Threat, is just one tool to help folks uh, be educated and trained on the matter. So it'll also help you speak authoritatively and with confidence to those that might not be as gun-friendly or as interested in looking at solutions where armed citizens or civilians are able to defend themselves and others in the event of a mass shooter threat. So take a listen to this interview. I'll catch you on the other side for a brief outro and see you later this week for the second part or the second episode of the Concealed Carry podcast this week. So here you go, playing the interview now. Okay, everybody, uh, Riley here, Concealed Carry Expo. You're probably getting used to seeing Tim Schmidt pop in uh, quite a bit now. What well, the third time now? Hopefully not sick of, but and and, and, and probably done now at this point. I don't know. Tim's probably getting sick of me, not not vice versa. Uh, but we're so honored now to have also on the stage with us Michael Martin. Uh, many folks familiar with Michael. If you've been through any of the well, particularly like the basic uh, concealed carry course, right yep. from USCCA, you. Really ought to know this guy's face. You probably saw some slides and uh, videos. See some videos. I might not have as much gray hair in the uh, earlier <laughs> copies of the book, but uh, it's been great. So yeah, concealed carrying home defense fundamentals. I think we're approaching about six hundred thousand copies of that out now wow, through instructors. So quite a bit, and uh, the new books are getting a lot of a lot of traction. Right, right, and we'll definitely be talking about this. We got the countering the mass shooter threat on the table here uh, pretty new book uh, just I mean when did this come out officially I've uh, been about, about six months so this was a about a three-year research effort uh, we actually started with a few magazine articles a couple of years ago and uh, this was published about six months ago so we've got not quite a hundred instructors that are uh, certified to teach us right now and it's uh, it's getting bigger yeah that's awesome uh, and obviously it's a very sobering topic right and you said it's been out about six months so was it out just before or just after the Las Vegas shoot? It was out before that. So this mm-hmm. doesn't conclude, uh, include data from Las Vegas or from Parkland. And, but the reality is when I, when I wrote the book, some of the comments I'm making here is when you read this, there will have been other shootings that would have occurred. And mm-hmm. my, my yeah. anticipation was those shootings would fall right within the data model that we built. And, and other than Las Vegas, which is an anomaly, right. uh, the Parkland shooting was smack dab in the middle of the data <laughs> models that we built from this. And the conclusions are all valid. Yeah. Yeah, if it's all right, I'm going to put this right out here so folks can have a, right. have a look at that. Um, you know, I, I've actually perused the book a little bit. I've got a copy sitting at home. Haven't had the time to, to really dive in, but I'll tell you that the information in there from what I've seen is incredibly timely. Yeah. Based on, I mean, we have had some, some terrible things that have happened in the last uh, year <clears throat> in particular. Um, we hate to see that kind of stuff, but the goal is obviously what can we, what can we learn from this? What can we do, hopefully in the future, to prevent... Um, I want to go down that road with you, sure. so, but I'm going to switch gears. You know, chances are people might not even know who Michael Martin is. That's uh, probably background true. Background yeah, about you, or even how it came to be. That's, you know, this relationship yeah, here. Tim and I have known each other about ten years now, and that's about as long as I've been a firearms instructor. And I'll, I'll kind of back up even further. Something that helped me with this book is my background is I spent some time in the Army and military intelligence, and I spent about 19 years in a career called business intelligence. My, my uh, degree is uh, computer science and mathemat- uh, mathematics, so that really helped me produce this book. But about right. 10 years ago, I started on the firearm side, and Tim and I met, and one of the first things we did together was Concealed Carrying Home Defense Fundamentals. That was a, a book right. that came out. Uh, about nine years ago, and it, and it got some early traction, and it's, uh, I don't think we would have guessed that it would be as, as widely used as it is today. I think we've got 3,000-plus instructors using it today. 
so that was just the first thing we did together. And then uh, I branched out in a couple other areas for the company. Uh, we did a book on emergency first aid. Uh, mm -hmm. People who uh, believe that having a gun for self-defense uh, also believe that they should be able to take care of their family if something tragic happens like a, a gunshot injury or a cardiac arrest. So that book helped people yeah. become a little bit more uh, self-prepared. And then that led to, to this book that was, was far more personal than, than the other mm. books. Tim and I both have uh, young kids about the same age. And this book meant something more to us than teaching people how to carry a gun. Right. It was, as you said, sobering. It was kind of hard to dig into this data, but it, uh, it was meaningful to come up with the results because we now have information we can bring back to our churches, our schools, and say, this is what you mm. should be thinking about, as yeah. opposed to you know, talking about banning 30-round magazines. Right, yeah. Right. I, I think it's important to note that one of the primary impetuses of us producing this book and, and Michael writing it is that we were overwhelming demand for, for this sort of information. So it was, I mean, certainly, Michael, it, it is a very personal for both of us, especially for you, but, but hundreds, if not thousands of customers, like, we need to, we need to learn about this. This was and the so, num number one call into the call centers. Yep, yep this, so. number one request. That's and and so, so, so that's one of the main reasons I'm so excited about this book, and I'm also so excited that, that Michael is, is behind this. But so if we can just step back for one second. I can remember 10 years ago <laughs> when uh, I think I was in the Gander Mountain, and I ran across this book. Now, up until this point, the, the primary you know, books that you read about firearms and self-defense are either done by the NRA or they're just text tomes by right. guys like Pincus. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm reading through this book. I'm like, this is like a Life magazine. You know, the graphics are unbelievable. And, and this, this handsome model in every picture. I mean, this That was this in, guy's, my, in my younger days. This yeah. guy's <laughs> like, <laughs> and so, I mean, that was, I, I was, it was really cool to, to connect. And it was, it was great to, um, you know, to, to make that early connection, Michael, and I'm so happy that we've been able to stay it's, together all these years. And We've done done a lot of projects. I think Tim <clears> sent me an email, and he used a couple curse words in his description <laughs> of my book in a good way, and I still I still use that as, you know, Tim's first comment about the, uh, <laughs> about the book. But, wow. So we've done a lot of projects together. We had a chance yep. to uh, help recreate Concealed Carry Magazine into what it is today with oh, a, a yeah. lot of new staff no and uh, build the instructor program. That's uh, When we first started talking about this, it was in Tim's corner office, and we thought, should we get an instructor organization going inside the USCCA? And mm. thought, that sounds like a good idea. Now, you know, <laughs> five, six years later, we got 3,000 guys out there teaching the materials, yeah, which amazing. is pretty amazing. Yeah. Good, wow. Good memories, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so coming back now, uh, countering the mass shooter threat. Uh, like we said, it's a timely topic. Of course, unfortunately, it usually is. We do see a handful of major events typically right. each year. Uh, the last... You know, recent history, we've had several uh, pretty pretty bad ones. Uh, I certainly can relate to, you know, since Parkland especially, like you guys, it's on the mind, you know. Mm -hmm. It's fresh. Uh, you see children. You see families being impacted. I also have kids a little bit younger than your kids, but my oldest is 11 now. He's getting close to that kind of middle school right. age. And, you know, your, your, your mind definitely goes there. You, you wonder about the safety of your, of, of your children, uh, if they're going to come home every day from school. Um, yeah, the odds are it's not likely to happen, but you see these targets that are wide open for the taking. Soft right. targets, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's unlikely that a tornado is going to hit the school, yet the schools have a plan for that. They know what to do if a tornado yeah. strikes. They don't have yeah. a plan for what it comes when it comes to a mass shooter yeah. other than yeah. hoping the shooter goes to another classroom rather than their own. Right, yeah. right. Well, we practice our, our lockdown uh, <clears throat> procedures, our lockout procedures, all these different things, which certainly have made a difference in some events um but could, could we do more 
Well, to me, it's so disingenuous that, that the leaders within the school organizations, when these events happen, what do they do? They, they just call for more, essentially, head-in-the-sand, feel-good legislation in, in, this, in this concept they did, that they think that we can magically make guns go away or keep guns from entering schools. And, and really what they're doing is they're, like, shouting from the rooftops that, hey, hey, crazies, hey, yeah. psychos. If you want to do, if you want to inflict some mass casualties, come to the school because we literally have signs that say no guns. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense. Right. Yeah, I, I'm a little surprised by the Parkland students who I, I give them credit for grassroots efforts, but students should know how to do the scientific method to determine if a if a change will have the effect that you want. Uh, yeah. they're not doing that. They're saying. Get rid of the AR-15s, get rid of the 30-round magazines. But they know from science class, if you remove one variable and insert a different variable, you determine, did I make a good change or a bad change? You pull the AR-15 out and you put a shotgun in the guy's hands. Is it going to change anything? Of course not. Yeah. It's not going to change anything. If you go from a 30-round you know, magazine to a 10-round magazine, part of the data that I've proven in the book is the rate of fire of these shooters is already so slow, they could have one-round magazines and they'd still be able to attain the rate of fire they've got. You know, This is not... A rate of fire where yeah. you've got a, you know, shooter firing across 500 yards across uh, in a rice paddies in some distant war. These guys are shooting students two feet away, three feet away. Right. You don't need rapid fire. You don't need a round size. Um, they're they're making a bad conclusion on the data, and they're falling yeah. into the trap of uh, you know what everybody's right. screaming on the left. So well, in the Parkland shooting is an interesting case study because I mean, almost immediately you have. Uh, the calls right. for the for the magazine capacity limits, the banning of AR-15s, the raising of the purchase age, and all this stuff, and yet you look at Parkland, and what did he use? It, so Ten he round had, magazines. He had, uh, well, I believe he had thirty round magazines, but he only did fired he? about a hundred rounds uh, over six minutes, so that's about seventeen rounds a minute, which is very slow fire, mm-hmm. about one round that's, every four seconds. That's true. You can do that with a pump action shotgun you can do that with a 150 year old lever yep. action henry <laughs> rifle bolt action right yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. i'm wondering what i missed because i thought i saw in the news uh, a report about uh using 10 round max but but you made an excellent and point he as far might as have like, been, uh, part of the point that we make in the data is the magazine size truly doesn't matter right the rates of fire that they have when you're shooting targets who are not fighting back can be one round every four seconds and you'll still end up with 17 people dead yeah, yeah. It, it, that's exactly what we have to get you know an understanding of the general public needs to get an understanding of because what you have is fish in a barrel. Right. And so Th- the capacity was, uh, doesn't matter, the rate of fire doesn't matter, they're just sitting fish. One of the students uh, that survived made the comment that he was hiding under his desk. And when I heard that, I wanted to kick my foot through the TV because I thought, what school allows their student, you know, the only method he's got of protecting himself is hiding under a desk or what parent allows their kid to go to school and thinking hiding under a desk is is a good idea pick the damn desk up and smack the guy over the head with it if uh, you've got no other choice (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. no that's that's good advice i think the worst part about it is that there's it only requires a small percentage of, of 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 teachers or administrators or coaches to you know, to be that you know front line defense for schools, and you don't have right. to have you know 100 percent of the teachers armed. Just a small percentage is going to create that deterrent effect. So yeah. the solution is right there because I guarantee you that every school, if you have 100 teachers, 100 you know administrators, coaches, at least five of them are willing to carry. Yeah, five, that's five all them, you need. Yeah, five of them are very likely veterans, or they might be part time law enforcement. Exactly. They might be retired law yep. enforcement. Yep. In fact, one of the questions I asked in my audience uh, there was asked uh, the opposite side of the question. I said, picture a, a teacher in your school who you can think would be the worst possible person to be an armed educator. And I said, everybody got that person in mind? And then I said, that person will not be part of this program. He right. doesn't have to be. If yeah. a person doesn't want to carry a gun, they don't have to be. And then I said, now imagine the guy that you trust 
person who's maybe a little bit physically more imposing, someone who might be a veteran, someone who you know knows how to handle guns, someone that you know would be cool under pressure, that person could be someone who joins this program, but they don't have to be either. But in a school of 200 teachers, if you've got five or six people who fit the model, they're willing to go through a little extra training, and then you have a sign out front that says, armed staff will protect our students and staff members. Michael, I mean, that is a two-part solution that will literally instantly solve the problem. Talk about the scientific method. I mean, it works in banks, it works in jewelry stores, it works at the airports. Yeah, so, arm a small percentage, and now you got the deterrent effect, and take the dumb signs yeah, I, down. Yeah. I've heard a lot of teachers get up and say, well, I don't want to carry a gun because I'm here to teach. My response to them is, you don't have to carry a gun, yeah. Yeah. but there is someone in your yeah. school who will say, I volunteer and, for this program. Yeah. Exactly, and it's not just teachers, it's administrators, right. it's counselors, it's yep. and it's coaches. Not, you know, having one RSL yeah. on a campus of 2,000 students isn't the same thing. No. If, you, yeah. if you've got the unknown whether there's going to be one or two or three armed teachers or staff members or, or custodians in this building and a sign says armed staff members, you know, it's very likely that uh, crews would have never entered the school in the, in the first place. Yeah. Not to mention yep. that the building lacked any kind of semblance of security. Yeah. And he, uh, he walked right in the door. And just like the shooting in Maryland that happened a few weeks after the Parkland shooting, once this goes right. across the country and, and then you know two or three, the next two or three crazies to try to attack a school and those four or five teachers, they shoot yeah. them dead. Now guess what? They're gonna. It's over. Right. Yeah. yeah. They'll uh, you know stay at home playing on their Xbox instead <laughs> yeah, of exactly. pulling the gun out. So yeah, yeah. part of the problem I think we see is, let's say those on the left are successful in Florida. Let's say AR-15s and 30-round magazines are banned, and the next shooting happens, and the guy brings a shotgun, and the guy brings a, a revolver, and those people are not likely to say. Boy, were we wrong. Let's switch back. <laughs> yeah. They're going to say, well, now let's get the shotguns. The now thing. let's get the revolvers. Yep. They're never going to conclude that uh, a defensive posture makes sense, including yeah, using defensive yeah. they'll, uh, they'll, firearms. They'll never admit to that. No. Exactly. And that's okay. There's, there's a lot of great people in the middle. There's a lot of people that fit in that middle that just don't get it. So the book is meant to help educate them to explain. Yeah. We can prove mathematically that it's not the 30 round magazines it's not the air 15s it is the gun free zones it is the lack yeah. of training to students and staff members and church members that that are causing yeah. this yeah I, I find it interesting and I, I wish we would see more of this i guess you know coverage in terms of the media i think i saw one article about it in the aftermath of parkland about the fantastic case study that we have in the entire state of utah right where concealed carry is allowed any permittee on public school property. And then you look at how many school shootings have happened there. Right. And, and I'll, one of the comments <laughs> I make point, in the book Riley. is, um, you know, I make some advice at the end on how people can take action. And one of the bits of advice is be a responsibly armed American. Even in Utah yeah. with as many permit holders, as many uh, concealed carry holders as you've got, the likelihood of them carrying isn't where it should be. Um, The shooting in in the uh, church in Texas, that was not a gun-free zone, but nobody there had a gun. And heck, in Texas, you should have had everybody there carrying a gun, and that guy would have been taken down in the first couple shots, but it didn't happen. So people need to be conscious of protecting themselves and their families and, and their uh, you know friends and loved ones right and then of course Sutherland Springs Texas such a another interesting case study as far as they call for the bans on the AR-15s but yet you have the good the Samaritan citizen that grabs the AR, AR-15 like yeah, what yeah. is the gun he grabs yeah. ah AR that's, that's downplayed yeah. quite a bit <laughs> it really really did you is. guys see the news story in Chicago where maybe it was a couple months ago there was a uh, two people outside having a knife fight in this apartment complex and, you know, the, the Good Samaritan sees what's going on, runs in, grabs his AR-15, comes out, ends the attack, probably saves the guy's, guy's life, right? Knife attacks are kind of tough. 
And uh, so then they show this guy in the news, and uh, he's wearing his USCCA hat. He's, he's, <laughs> That's right. He's one of our instructors. <laughs> That's right. Well, I think I saw you like the day after that or something, nice. and, and you'd made that comment. Did yeah. you see the guy? Did you see the hat? Uh, and he was wearing it proudly, He too. was. Yeah, good, that was great. Good I, would have, I would have run back inside just to grab my hat so I, <laughs> I, could, I could come back out, <laughs> throw my USCCA jacket on. And, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You should give that guy like a free year's membership, Tim. Oh, we already hooked him up. Oh, yes. all right. That's <laughs> and, and, and you know, you make a good point because I think um, you know, as much as we feel like the left is kind of winning the uh, the battle, I think Tim's point is right that it's a small group of people who are just yelling really, really loud. Yeah. I think more and more people are getting educated and quietly educated on on what's going to make a difference here. I, I hear from a lot of school teachers that say people in my school are talking, and we don't think it's the magazines, we don't think it's the AR-15s, we think we've got to do something different. So you know, this guy who pulled his AR-15 out and saved a life, yeah. the media may not want to report on the story the way it happened, but right. you know, that's yeah. one great story, and yeah. there are a lot more guys out there like that, and we just got to keep finding them. Well, I, that reminds me of one of my favorite quotes of all time, especially in terms of social, uh, social I guess, change, Margaret Mead, never underestimate the power of a small group of people to change the world. Because it's the only thing that ever has. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. that's ultimately you know your your book. You're changing one mind at a time, yeah. and that that trickle starts a flow. And next thing you know, I mean, now the teachers will be talking about, hey, maybe this is the solution. Right. And I, you know, doing research in the book, it, I was amazed to find out where armed teachers are actually cropping up in California. They actually have some schools where they've got armed teachers. It's you know kind of kept quiet. They don't want to make a big uh, right. a big yeah. deal of it, but. Texas isn't the only place that are getting armed teachers, so yeah. that Amen. may grow up as more and more and more. And, uh, of course, those schools won't be hit. The neighboring schools that don't have uh, yeah. armed teachers and have got the gun-free zone signs on their glass doors, they may uh, continue Unreal. to be hit. Right. Obviously, I mean, there's a lot of this talk about arming teachers or administrators or staff or whatever. Um, other solutions that you have in mind that you propose as yep. far as countering the mass shooter Yeah, threat? so specifically for, for schools, there's a lot of things that we can do. Number one, just the basic physical security of schools is is ridiculous. It's, yeah. um, you know, my son's school finally has a locked front door. You've got to buzz your way in, and I, I appreciate that, but it's a glass door. So if a shooter wanted to make their way through it, they could, uh, they could certainly do it. So the physical security has to be improved. There's a school in Indiana called uh, Southwestern High School that spent $400,000 to improve their security. And it was pretty simple. They got ballistically protected doors and windows on the outside, mm-hmm. ballistically protected um, uh, hinges and, and locks. You know, a, a determined person can get through that door, but it'll take three or four or five minutes. And we know an active shooter is going to stop after a few seconds if they can't breach a door. They've improved the way their lockdown security uh, works. So instead of just airing it over the loudspeakers, uh, teachers and administrators carry fobs that at first sound of trouble, they'll hit this fob and it'll set an alarm off. That automatically calls the sheriff's office. The sheriff's office automatically can see what's happening in the school with video. video. Right. So those are all passive things. But it, it uh, intimidates any shooter who would potentially go in there. Certainly. And then the other thing that's got to happen is these students have got to be taught to fight back, not just go pile themselves up in a corner. You think about the average classroom, from shoes to glue sticks to staplers to books to desks, there are enormous numbers of things that can be used as improvised weapons. If you yeah. teach the kids how to use those, if a guy comes through the, your, your door, that guy's going to stick his head through the classroom door and get it knocked off by, you know, even kindergartners whipping their, whipping their shoes. So... There's got to be, uh, you know, we, we have right. to count on more than just the five or six or eight armed teachers or staff members who might be in that uh, in that school. Yep. We've got to make those schools, uh, you know, promote it, put those signs mm-hmm. out front that say armed staff members or, you know, make it known that the school is not one to be, uh, be trifled with. Not going to be a soft yeah. target. Yeah. 
hopefully. And I'm sure Tim's done this with his kids is we teach our kids what to do if an active shooter happens. You don't just sit there. And if your teacher says, duck your head down and kiss your butt goodbye, Uh you know, pick up whatever you got. Or if you can make it to an exit, run as fast as you can and don't stop running until you're uh, to the woods or, you know. That's the same advice I give my kids, Michael. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, we certainly have had some conversations with with my own children uh, in in recent days as well. And they're still quite young, but, you know, there's some basic things you can get them started with, of course. So these are all great suggestions, guys. Um, So... What's what, what's what's next for you? Like, what do you got coming up, Michael? So, you know, with the with the three books out now, there's a con- continual update on that because every one of the books has got an instructor uh, program behind it. There's uh, materials the instructors can buy, and there's an online component, so we continually update those. But there's a couple other topics on the horizon, and, and one naturally occurs as my sons get older, and I know Tim's uh, 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 kids are involved in this as well. My sons are really getting involved in shooting sports, and we want to find a way to introduce those shooting sports to parents who just don't know a thing about guns or might be a little afraid of guns. So the next uh, book on the horizon will be uh, promoting youth shooting sports. I don't know that we've got a name for it yet, but it'll help parents and kids understand how to get into hunting if you're interested in it, how to get into pistol competition if you're interested, or shoot trap or skeet or uh, sporting clays, just to get more people in this world of understanding the firearms not only are not something scary, but they're a heck of a fun sporting thing to get involved yeah. in. That can be enjoyed but safely. My uh, my trap yeah. game has gone up uh, in the last couple of years uh, from my son being <laughs> in a, on a trap team, so you know that'll be a book that I know a lot of instructors will yeah. have an interest in, and it'll be something Excellent. that parents who are kind of outside of the periphery who are not traditional gun families can read and become comfortable to understand yeah. i get it now these guns are are not yeah. scary and, you know if my son's high school has a trap team maybe it's okay to have my son or daughter join yeah. it yeah, yeah. That, i mean and michael those are those are such great uh, initiatives to go down so here's an interesting story i was recently at the the gun club in west bend and uh, sure enough up on the, uh, the the wall they had the picture of the west bend high school trap team and in the past, you know, in the past, there, there wouldn't be many kids. There right. were 168 kids on this team. <laughs> wow! Isn't that fantastic? It is the fastest growing sport, fastest growing high school sport in America for for boys and girls, which is phenomenal. Yeah. My son's school is a little smaller, but they've got 68 kids on the team, and it's about equally split between boys and girls. My son That's goes to an all, yeah, all boys school, and and there's a sister school with all girls, and it's phenomenal. In fact, one of the things I, I love to see is. Sometimes the girls can't change after after high school, so they'll be out there in their Catholic school uniforms <laughs> out shooting on the range, and I think, what a perfect picture. You know, wonderful yeah. young girls that are out there blasting clay out of the sky. <laughs> That's yeah. fantastic. So it's just such a, such a <laughs> great thing. So we're, we're going to try to continue to promote this lifestyle, and I, I, I purposely say promote as opposed to indoctrinate. We're, trying, we're not trying to convince anybody that doesn't want to become part of this lifestyle, but... When parents hear their school's got a trap team, they might think, I can't believe that. That's terrible. Do we want to teach kids about guns? So hopefully this topic will help them understand. Yeah. This is a good sport, and it helps them that's, understand that's safe gun handling. Well, as is uh, typical, I think, anytime we, we educate people in a positive way and we show them positive benefits, uh, it, it does have yep. an impact. You know I mean? So we, we see – it's been interesting. Since Parkland, you see the one students that are obviously anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment, whatever – on the other hand, I've been seeing a lot of great social media from some of our youth shooters. Some mm-hmm. of these, you know, young kids that are really amazing, positive role models, three gunners, USPSA shooters, 
And they're putting it out there and showing, look, we're, we're having a great time. We're learning stuff. We're being productive. We're doing it positively. We're doing it safely. And what I'm not seeing in the media is pushback to that, which is, which is kind of impressive. In fact, just after yeah. Parkland, there was an article on the front page of the St. Paul newspaper talking about a young three-gunner. Yeah. I think she was 15 years old. And they literally said AR-15 in the article and didn't, uh-huh. you know, didn't refer to it and say terrible gun or that's the gun that the <laughs> yeah. Parkland. You know, they, they mentioned her three-gun experience and what a great job yeah. she was doing. Nothing negative at all. Wow. So I, yeah. I think wow. I mean, you, you make a great point that promoting shooting sports beyond you know, just, a, just a single theory or single uh, world, uh, you know, maybe just conceal carry, helps more people realize this is a good sport to get into. And yeah. if I'm okay with trap shooting, maybe I can be okay someday with actually carrying a gun to protect myself and yeah. my family. Yeah. Awesome. Amen. Tim, amen Michael, to that. <laughs> thank you so much, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure to sit down with you. you and got it right, like. Really uh, uh, good discussion. I mean, mass shooter threat, dealing with that. Great ideas coming out of that. Great work that you're doing together. Um, a great organization. And once again, uh, getting close to the end of day two mm. of uh, the USCCA Expo here. Wait, we don't get to keep talking? We can go on for another hour or two. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw a topic at us. We'll keep going. <laughs> Awesome. Well, welcome back, everyone. I uh, hope that you enjoyed listening to that interview from the United States Concealed Carry Association's Concealed Carry Expo earlier this year that we had the pleasure of sitting down with Michael Martin and Tim Schmidt of USCCA and talking about these things, his book, Countering the Mass Shooter Threat, and other things as well. Uh, of course, anytime that we have to sit down and talk with Tim as well is always a pleasure. Uh, well-spoken, well-regarded, smart man that really, really cares about the second amendment about concealed carry and self-defense and uh yeah so great interview at least i thought so hopefully you did as well so a reminder to go check out one of those new awesome t-shirts that we this is our 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 latest and well, actually this is a new foray for us into apparel uh, we sell a lot of training products and other things on our site we've not really done a lot of apparel this is our first custom designed shirt uh, we hope you'll really like it. The Speak Softly and Carry a Big Stick t-shirt available at concealedcarry.com forward slash big stick. And once again, take advantage of the 15% USCCA discount uh, by be- making sure that you're also a member of an, a fantastic membership program known as Guardian Nation. Guardianation.com to learn more. I know you're going to love it. And we really enjoy associating with and getting to know uh, our fellow Guardian Nation members. And one way we do that is through the new, it's still fairly new, probably about two, almost three months old, the uh, special members only Facebook group for Guardian Nation members. So anyway, thanks for listening tonight. Uh, We'll see you in a couple days here. Take care, be safe out there. And, And a reminder to you all to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.